You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you? Healthy, alive. Um, feel like my frustration and anger levels have been pretty high lately. Uh, yeah. With everything going on. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I was um, I was watching a video before you came in here of uh, Dr. Michael Yaden. He's a uh, former vice president of Pfizer. And uh, basically, this guy's he's going on about uh, everything that we're dealing with now. Uh, and he's I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to post the uh, the entire interview. He did an hour long interview and it's worth every second of you watching that interview. Uh, I'm going to post it up in our Telegram channel uh, for all of our Telegram subscribers uh, to watch this afternoon. And uh, to I mean, that is what this man says is is paramount. And, and what he's gone through to come out and to uh, to say the things that he said. He's a, just to give a, a short story on it. He's a former vice president of, uh, of Pfizer, and he's, he's got a whole laundry list of credentials. Uh, you know, bioengineering, he's, he's owned and, and sold his own biotech companies and, and all of that. And he says he's for cutting edge, uh, you know, finding new medical uh, practices or, or new medical techniques or technologies to, to better people. Uh, and he's not an anti-vax or anything like that. And he makes that very clear. He says, but what we're dealing with, he says, you're being subjected to, and of course, we all know this, you're being subjected to nothing more than a large scale version of propaganda. And he's he makes it also very clear. He says he's not someone that has experience talking to talking to the layman or the average person, if you will. He's he's a person that doesn't get out much. He spends time inside laboratories. He talks to other scientists and other academics. That's all he does. So he's not very good at, at communicating to the average person. Uh, and, and people at that level of intelligence usually aren't. And it's nothing against them. It's just what they do. Uh, they only relate to people in their circles, and they really don't venture too far outside of that. But basically what he was saying was, is uh, more or less, he says, if you look at everything over the last year that we've been dealing with, he says, there's no need for any lockdowns. There's never been any kind of scientific evidence to prove that they've worked. Naturally, when you have some type of an illness, whatever that is, you stay home and you stay in bed. And if you see someone who is emitting some type of symptom out in public, you generally avoid them and walk around them. These are things that we've done naturally. Then he started going into things like PCR tests. He says, if you look at the PCR test, he says, we're using diagnostic testing tools to determine whether or not someone actually has something. He says, we've never used these before in this manner. Now we're just going to use them. He says, not one time, not one time. And the, the amount of false positives, he says, anytime you run a diagnostic test on anything, not necessarily uh, something with, with medicine or involving a medical test, but anytime you run a diagnostic test, and I can attest to this, anytime you run a diagnostic test on, on anything, whether that's technology or whatever, you get false positives. So you have to run them again. That's the point of running tests. But not one time have any of these governments over the last year even entertained the idea that any of these <clears throat> cases could be false positives. Not one time. They've just gone with it. So basically, in a nutshell, 
He says everything with the PCR tests are complete nonsense. You, you have to find out, it, it, you have to test to find out if you're uh, an asymptomatic carrier. He says, what other respiratory disease in history have we had that shows that someone that is asymptomatic is a carrier? It's never been done. Where's the scientific basis for that? Vaccines? He says, as far as this goes, he says, you don't need a vaccine for this. You don't need to be wearing masks. They don't work. You don't need to be locking down. We need, of course, to isolate the people who are most vulnerable, but we do that anyway. What you're being hit with is a very intense form of propaganda, and you're being hit by this from people who are trained on how to deliver this to you. That's what you're being hit with. But of course, everybody that's listening to us, they already know this, or at least they should. Uh, new listeners, I know we're picking up new listeners, and we thank you all very much. If you're just waking up, get another cup of coffee in you, because this is going to take a while. So basically what he said, to kind of round it all off, he says things better than I could. Uh, so you, you'll have to just watch the video. But uh, it's floating around out there. And he's basically saying that we have a window of time. That's that's all we have. We have time uh, and not very much of it. Basically, he says we have about a few weeks. He wasn't specific uh, as far as but a few weeks. We all know what that is. We have a few weeks. Uh, and this goes for all nations that are dealing with this now. He says your governments are lying to you. All of them. They're all lying to you. If we do not stand up and we do not take back our lives, then what we're going to deal with with these vaccine passports is going to be something that you will deeply regret. Those are his words, not mine. So again, I will post that for our Telegram subscribers, and I encourage every single person who can hear me now to go and watch that and listen to what the man has to say and send it to other people and let them listen to what he has to say. There's no bias here. There's no uh, political agenda or anything like that. This is a, you know, and I, and I said this years ago, I said, this is something that's beyond politics. This is a realm of right and wrong. And he gets into some things that, uh, that they, let me put it this way, that he thinks that they have planned. And to be quite honest with you, I don't disagree with him because I've read their policy papers and I haven't talked about it here on the podcast because quite frankly, I think it would scare too many people. But this is what we're dealing with. So I, I don't know. Uh, do, do we have to go down that road for people to understand? Do we? At this point, I, I you know, I've said it before. Americans are usually slow to wake up to things, but usually, I mean, it, it, it's like the uh, the bear or giant or something, right? You don't poke at them because eventually they're going to wake up and you're going to regret it. Well, kind of a similar situation here. It's going to take time to wake them up. The American people typically are complacent uh, or, or uh, I don't know that complacent really a good word, but uh, adequate, uh, I think. But um the Western culture in general, I think, is a little bit slow to these kind of things because you have a life. You have, you know, some some sense of normalcy. You don't want to give that up. You don't want to risk your job. You don't want to risk your family, your kids, you know, the their educations, your own education. You know, the, the, there's so many different things part, that are part of our society that people are unwilling to really risk. Um, but those are being all these. Those are being stolen from you. Yeah. And the, the thing is, is you're going to lose it anyway, because. Once the, the vaccine, once the COVID passport comes out and everything, like that, that's it. I mean, it, that's, it's that's what I've been saying. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it does not matter what you think that you're trying to do to try and say, OK, well, I'm just going to take this so I can get back to normal. They're going to take everything you have, everything. And I mean everything. When you hear Klaus Schwab and that party at Davos say you'll own nothing and you'll be happy about it. What do you think nothing means? What do you think that means? Do you think that you're just going to get to keep what you have and you won't be able to buy anything else going forward? I, I, I don't understand what you think that owning nothing means. And that goes retroactively, 
not going forward. That's retroactive. They will steal whatever you have now. There is no going back to normal at this point. It's going to take a lot of work. And the problem is, is because they've reared their ugly heads and, and we're seeing the corruption that, that we see now, it's going to take a lot of work on our part to get out of this and to get back to a normal. The problem is, is the, the normal that we're talking about, the status quo is what got us here. So I agree, there is going to have to be a change. There is going to have to be a, 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 basically, we're going to have to get to the point to where we don't allow any kind of corruption or any of that stuff in our, in our government system. And we got to keep businesses and government from uh, working together. Um, that, that's just the way it is. If we didn't have Section 230, we might not, we could have staved this off. Uh, I don't think we would have been able to, uh, let me put it this way, may, maybe 230 is being too kind. If we didn't have Section 230 and we didn't have liability protection, then we probably could have dealt with this. Uh, in a more civilized manner. I, I think that's that that's fair. I mean, you wouldn't have had the 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 ma major social medias and everything. And that that's just a, a change that would have made a big difference in in like recent time. Obviously, the, this stuff has been going on for years. Um, but I don't know what 50, 60 years that we've really seen this kind of trend downward. Probably been longer than that. But that would be a simple change that would have made a big difference. I think. Yeah. Well. Moving right along with what got us here. Do you remember that you had the pharma companies that said that they were going to vaccinate kids? And this is this is going to sound bad, uh, but believe me, this is what you're dealing with. They said that they wanted to start vaccine trials on kids between six months and what was it like 12 years or something like that? They put 16 or 18. Yeah. 16 or 18. Yeah. First and foremost, there's been no evidence, none whatsoever, just like everything else, there's been no evidence. It's just espoused that kids have been a source of mass transmission and mass sickness. Hasn't existed. Hasn't existed. Now, when the companies put out the call for parents to sign up their kids at those ages to go and get put into these vaccine trials, guess how many showed up? Answer, none. So what do you do? You don't admit fault. You double down. Isn't that what they do? Yeah. They never admit fault. You double down. That's all we've seen out of these people over the last 12 months is nothing but doubling down like degenerate gamblers, doubling down, doubling down, doubling down. Well, this is now what you're going to get. Pfizer will seek federal authorization, authorization, keyword, authorization, not approval, authorization to use its coronavirus vaccine in children ages uh, in children ages two to 11 in September. 11. OK, yeah, two to 11 in September. Now, see, you didn't put your kids in there voluntarily. So now they're going to come at you with this. That's what they're going to do. And you know what? They're also looking to authorize uh, all the way between from 16 to 18 and also 12 to 15. So they're going to cover it all. Yeah, they're going to cover it all. But this is what's being discussed in all Western nations. Those you younger know, kids, by the way, those uh -huh. younger kids, it's 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 going to be easy to go to to them as a teacher and be like, hit them with the propaganda talking points on why you should get the vaccine and all this kind of stuff. Why wouldn't you get the vaccine? And then when they go home to mom and dad, they'll go. Hey, why, why, why haven't I gotten the vaccine yet? And then they would, it, it, it's only going to cause division and whatnot. I, at this point, I'm just like, if you can homeschool, homeschool, get them out of school, public school. Well, to be honest with you, they, they don't even have to do that. You think that they're just going to use propaganda to send them on their way, right? You, you think that that's what they're going to do. I, I don't even think they have to do that. Your friend, Governor Andrew Cuomo, has a different approach on how to deal with it. Would you like to hear what he has to say? No, I, I really don't want to know what Cuomo has to say, but oh. Let, oh, let's hear it. Oh, yeah, this this is good. This is how he's going to get those those um, uh, troublesome youths to take a vaccine. Now, I wonder, 
Are they going to consult the parents when they do this? Listen to this. We're working very hard to get to younger people, incentives for younger people. I've asked high schools to organize events where they drive their students to a mass vaccination site, put them on a bus and bring them to a mass vaccination site because that is the population that we need to vaccinate. The doubtful, the hesitant population, that's more education, more information, more education, more information. There you go. Like I said, are you going to consult yeah. the parents when you do that? I want to I, I have to tread lightly here because my 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 initial gut response is. Um, oh, mine do. Do you, do you want to walk again? If I was one of those students, see what what happened to the rebellious youth? What happened to the the kids that used to rebel and and be you know strong willed and and bullheaded and they 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 more or less fought right? Technology. What happened to that? Technology. Yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, smartphones, maybe that, social the, media. The, That's what it is. Uh, yeah, must be because like I I know when I was in in high school. Yeah, the only people you would really get on board with. I actually I don't even know everybody that I knew would have been against this. They would have been fighting. I mean, you had the the good old boys, which were the the rednecks, the country folk guys. They they would have gone ape crap on them. The jocks. I mean, it, you would have had all the student body against the teachers, except yeah. for there was the 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 goody goodies, the 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 ones that were always up with the, uh, you know, at the front row, teachers pet, you know, whatever. Oh yes, um, those ones would have been on board with it. Uh, but the rest of them, no. I, I, I can't see, in, not in the school that I attended. Okay. So what about summer camp, right? Summer camp's coming up. You're going to send your kids off to summer camp. Let's say they're out of school for the rest of the year, so you don't have to worry about that. Well, as Fauci said, ultimately, they're going to get vaccinated in the fall. Yeah, we'll, but we'll talk about that later. Isn't that what he said to uh, uh, to what's her name on the on the Today Show last week? Yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll get to that later. So the CDC has come out with uh, guidelines for your child at summer camp this year, if you're going to send them to summer camp. Masks stay on all summer, regardless of vaccination status. Masks stay on. Now, the saint of Dr. Anthony Fauci says that the restrictions are not excessive. Of course, you're still going to have to mask and social distance and, and all that. They're not excessive, according to the saint of Dr. Anthony Fauci. Um, well, you know what? Let's just hear what he has to say uh, about that. Let's let's hear what he has to say about sending your children to summer camp, because now he's he's going to say what's OK and what's not OK for them at, at their summer camps. Listen to this. And, and let me say on the subject of kids, because uh, summer camps are coming up and a lot of parents are looking forward to sending those kids out and hoping they have a great summer since they weren't able to last summer. But the CDC guidelines right now for kids in summer camps say masks must be worn at all times, even outdoors by everyone, including vaccinated adults and children as young as two years old and campers should stay three feet apart even outdoors. My question to you is given what research shows about uh, transmission outside, about the low risk of serious illness in children, are these CDC guidelines excessive? Okay, before before he answers, she, by the way, now, mind you, she's for, forget the, the whole if you want to go right left, she's on the left. She is. But she's asking and I'm not defending her here. I'm just pointing out she's asking as a concerned parent. She's the same one that asked him the other day about her own daughter that was getting off the bus wearing a mask on. Of course, lady, you shouldn't be putting a mask on your kid anyway. Shouldn't be pulling on, putting one on yourself. But he was giving her the spin machine when she was asking him the other day. 
and now watch him do it again. Listen to this. You know, I wouldn't call them excessive, uh, Savannah, but I, they certainly are conservative. <laughs> and, and I think what you're going to start to see is really in real time continually reevaluating that for its practicality. Because you're right. People look at that and they say, well, is that being a little bit too far right now? Yeah, because aren't we supposed to be? Fo- we're, I mean, we've been told people have been preaching for a year. Follow the science. The science right, doesn't right. suggest those CDC guidelines are too sensible. You're right. For little kids outside in 90 degree heat running around with masks. She's got it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so why do you asked me that question a couple of times before? <laughs> I'm asking for two kids Answer named Vale and Charlie, bitch. age six Answer and four. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, you're right. The CDC makes decisions based on science. They will continually reevaluate that. You're right. It looks a bit strict, a bit stringent, but that's the reason why they keep looking at that and trying to, you know, reevaluate on literally in real time whether or not that's the practical way to go. There you go. I, I commend her for doing, you know, standing up. But here's the thing: the only reason she's standing up and asking these questions to Fauci is because she has two kids. It's because it's directly affecting her and her life. Yeah. Um, the, the, OK, uh, we, we don't agree politically, but at least somebody's out there kind of putting his feet to the fire a little bit. A little I bit. mean, but uh, somebody's here's the thing. It. Here's the thing. Like, th- this is what I don't understand about. And that's you make a great point right there. This is what I don't understand about about the parents. I don't care about your politics. You have a family. Don't you want to protect them? And you think by going along with this, you're protecting them. Look at how they're treating you. Look at how they're treating you. Look at how you're being treated like a child, like a fool. You're being lied to. You're being scared into submission. I, I, I just, you know, in the early days of this, and I mean early days, I'm talking over a year ago when all this started, I remember there was a journalist here. By the way, a journalist that usually writes op-ed pieces on the far left, usually, usually, whenever I would look at them. And I'd, and the, that, I'm not going to mention who it is, but that particular person would say, uh, I, I got... I got children. I don't I don't want them to grow up in this. Well, that's what they're going to grow up. In. They're going to grow up. In, you think it's bad now. They're going to grow up in something far worse. I assure you. I assure you. This is already starting, whether or not you want to admit it. I said a year ago, I said, you better damn well admit that it is happening here. Oh, it's happening again. It's happening again because you won't wake up and smell the coffee. You don't want to admit it. It's just like what happened during the Second World War. The Germans didn't want to admit it either. They didn't want to admit what was going on. No, that's not that's not happening. No, they're, they're not killing a whole bunch of people. No, they're, no, they're, they're not doing that. You know, I listened to a doctor this morning who he and his team have been repeatedly threatened about posting nutritional information, nutritional information, vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, all the rest of it. How you need to go out and get in the sun and enjoy the uh, the natural foods that you eat. Don't eat the processed garbage. Normal things that you should be doing. You shouldn't have to be told to do those things. You should do them naturally. But he was even saying <laughs> that if you look at the numbers and he was talking upwards and it's a public interview, I'm not going to say anything that, that was obviously it was private. It wasn't private. It was public. I listened to it uh, and I just ordered his book. I'll be talking about it uh, here in the uh, here in the coming days. But he was talking about the vaccine deaths based on the adverse reactions. He says, we're looking at now right at the right now, the numbers we're looking at are around 3000. That's the reported numbers and all of that, he says. But let's look at what this has caused with the other things that have been. You know, that's just you can relate to 
a vaccine where you have an adverse reaction, you have a certain window of opportunity to list that if that's what happens. But if somebody dies 30 days later from something else, say like a heart attack, a blood clot, a stroke, that's not counted as a vaccine death. He said the real numbers that we're looking at that are being suppressed that people probably don't even realize is somewhere in the neighborhood of about 30 to 50,000, respectively, if you count all the other things that people are dying from that are being caused by this... Um, well, essentially, it's it's an overactive immune system and the body's killing itself uh, is, is what it is uh, in a real sense. That's, that's what's going on. But that, again, that's uh, what how do I how do I put this? I said on the evening of November 2nd, and the reason I say November 2nd is because we have to get to the bottom of what happened on November 3rd. On the evening of, of November 2nd, I said everything that you're seeing is them convincing you that what you're seeing isn't what you're actually seeing. And that is exactly what's been happening over the last 12 months. Everything that you're seeing is not what you're seeing. Is that, does that make sense? It, it's convincing you of, I, I know that yeah. sounds like I'm talking in circles. I, I sound like I'm doing a Dr. Fauci here, but everything is reversed. Everything's turned on its head. And so everything that you know as normal, that you take as what we consider normal and we've been using as, as techniques from time immemorial, all that's been reversed. Herd immunity. Well, herd immunity, according to these jokers, no longer exists. That, that that doesn't exist anymore. I don't care what definitions they go and they change in a dictionary somewhere, which is all they've done. I, I don't care what they do. This whole thing, as far as a pandemic goes, a pand they changed the definition of what a pandemic is. That's all they did. 2009. Go back and look. That's all they did. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain is what they're telling right? you. Yeah. yeah um, with, with all of this, I am glad I do not have kids. With all this going on, I'll well, leave it at that. Yeah, I heard it also in that interview this morning uh, with that doctor. And like I said, I'll be talking about him here in the coming, uh, well, probably first part of next week when I get his book this weekend. Hopefully it comes this weekend. I ordered it this afternoon. Hopefully I get a chance to get a uh, good jump into it this weekend. But uh, he talks about COVID. He talks about lockdowns. He talks about the Great Reset, everything all in one book. Uh, and the foreword was by uh, RFK Jr. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But anyway, like I said, it, and it is available. It is on Amazon. I will be plugging the book. Uh, and I recommend that people uh, take a look at it. But anyway, uh, where was I going to go? Oh, yes. RFK is a big anti-vaxxer, by the way. He he is. Yeah. But in this case, I'm I'm curious as to what he has to say. So, I mean, I, mm -hmm. I've never read any books by the guy. I know that he's a big anti-vaxxer and all that stuff. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but uh, <laughs> I'm anti this one. <laughs> That's, you know, there, there's a big difference here. So. And we talk about ideas, though. Uh, that's the thing is we we like to to have a, a free market of ideas. So hearing people out, if they can if they can bring facts to the table, you know. All right. Well, I was going to get into um, lockdown stuff and mitigation measures. You know what? I don't even want to do that. I, I really don't want to do that. Let's let's switch up a little bit. Let's talk about what's going on in uh, Maricopa County. There is an election audit going on, and they say that there is no deadline for it. So they're going to continue with it, despite all efforts that the Democrats have tried to go in there and shut it down. And hell, even Republican networks on TV are saying, oh, we really don't even need to be looking at that. Uh, we, we don't we don't need to uh, examine those. It's, I mean, the big lie is is what it is. And, and that's you know, it's not it's not the big lie that Trump says, but it's the big lie that he's saying that it was a big lie. That's the big lie. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what the media is saying. Mm -hmm. What are you concerned about? Why are you shaking? Why, why are you nervous? Why are all of you like Joe Scarborough in the morning on MSNBC with Mika Brzezinski? Why is he sitting there saying, uh, yeah, there's there's I mean, the election's over. There's really no need to, to go in there and, and do that. That's just more baseless claims. It's going to fuel conspiracy theories. Rachel Maddow on MSNBC says the same thing. It's just going to fuel more conspiracy theories. And then they're going to send those same QAnon conspiracy theorists 
to the next state and the next state and the next state. Well, are you concerned that you're going to find something in all those states? I mean, never mind the fact that you changed those election procedures outside of law, which is actually defined in the Constitution that you have to go through that in order to do that. Never mind that you ignored mm-hmm. that uh, under the guise of uh, of public health. Uh, could it also have something to do with the fact that the Europeans kind of did something kind of did something strange? I don't know if this is connected or not. I'm just curious. But a few days ago, they shut down the financial side of things. And this morning, they canceled the trade deal with China. Huh. That's odd. And Australia... Again, I don't know, uh, but, I, but I'm just saying these all, these all seem to be happening simultaneously. Australia cut off all diplomatic ties with China this morning as well. So, yeah. And and now, coincidentally, we're getting hit with all this COVID stuff. Hmm. Strange. Anyway, I'm sure it's nothing. So uh, wh- what do you think of this? Uh, what do you think is audit? What's your take on this audit? Because they're continuing on and the media is starting to get a little squeamish. Uh, they're getting more squeamish than what they were. First, it was, well, yeah, it's yeah, you got a bunch of conspiracy theorists down there. But now they're starting to collect even more data on it. They've brought in server racks. They've got more forensic investigators in there. And it's all open. It's all being televised. It's not being done behind closed doors or something. It's all out there in the open. Of course, everything's fenced off inside the arena. So only authorized people can get in there. But there's nothing stopping anyone from going in there and observing from the stands. Right. It's inside of an arena. So you can go in there and sit as the media. You can go in there and sit down in the stands and you can watch. So there's nothing that's being hidden. What do you think they're so concerned about? Oh, I think they're they're so concerned about the um, uh, the, for example, the the census that just was released here last week that said that um, um, what was it? One hundred and fifty four million registered to vote. And there was one hundred and fifty five million that voted. I mean, that, you know, that that that's uh, not a huge number, right? That's that's only like one percent. But mm-hmm. that that's millions of votes. We were told by the media that that never happens. That doesn't that's not a thing like that. That never. I mean, this was the most popular president in American history. Um, conversely, at the at the exact same time that he that Biden received so many votes, like the most in, in American history, Trump received the most votes any Republican candidate has ever received in American history. Um, Trump also received the most votes in American history last time when he was for the 2016 election. Um, kind of, kind of interesting how just so unprecedented those times were in. Um, they also had low, you know, it, the, the ratios worked in 2016. Now the ratio, you know, it was like one side had a lot of votes, the other side didn't, right? It was, it wasn't like, unprecedented on both sides. Now we had some an unprecedented on this time, on this one. Um, I, I, I think they're all scared. The DOJ is actually coming out and saying that they're concerned about the audit. They're saying it's they're going concerned. against. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're saying the audit violates election law. Um, <laughs> they violated election to, law by, by doing what they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They failed to mention that part that uh, all those uh, the mail-in ballots and everything weren't done by the the legislative branch. It was done by the executive branch, which is a breach of the Constitution. Uh, they they failed to mention that part. And so, was there systemic uh, voter fraud? Well, de- define voter fraud because if if you define voter fraud as simply bypassing the Constitution and and having the elect uh, the executive branch push out new election procedures, I would say that's fraud. So I, I think they're going to um, I think they're going to find that uh, things don't match up. Things seem a bit out of place here. And I think uh, they're going to find something in Arizona. 
and it's going to be bad enough that uh, they'll be like, maybe we should look at um, Georgia or you know Pennsylvania or Michigan. One falls, or, one falls, they all fall. That's what I'm hoping. Here's the thing: we're not going to be able to reverse uh, this election. There is no procedure in the Constitution to reverse it. At this point, I don't care to reverse it. What I care about now is securing our electoral process. Correct. If, and to be if honest, there's. The thing with Biden, just on that point before we get too far ahead of that, the, the thing with Biden, the rightful thing for them to do would be to vacate. That would be the rightful thing for them to do. But we know they're not going to do that. They're going to yeah. do everything they can to ram through. It, it's a fire sale at this point. They're going to burn everything down. It's going to be like Operation Nero. They're going to torch everything as much as possible. That's why they know they're on borrowed time. So they're going to they're going to start torching everything now. That's why they're spending money like crazy. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. They well, I mean, even if they did vacate, you would have Pelosi, and I mean, it it wouldn't go oh, yeah. anywhere. Yeah, at that point, they they would just appoint someone else that would do their bidding. They, there's no process for a special election or for a president. That said, I sincerely hope that we can get our electoral system secured. If yeah. we get if we get this information out there and we find that there was a mass scale voter fraud. Maybe we can uh, get enough people on board and at the state level, they can say, well, we're going to institute voter ID laws. Uh, we're going to institute, you know, n no more voting by mail uh, like that. Well, or, states are or starting something. to do that. S states are doing that. And now you've got the woke corporations coming out and saying uh, any state that's uh, that does these voter ID laws, we're going to pull up shop and we're not going to do business or, or do uh, trade in those states. OK, have a nice day. Thanks for thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Was it Georgia? I think Texas was looking at doing something. Florida's doing something. Mm -hmm. There's quite a few states that are coming out and saying they're going to do something. So those corporations, man, you, you may end up having to leave the country depending on what, what comes out of these uh, audits. <laughs> you know, they, uh, well, they could just go to Beijing, couldn't they? Yeah. But that's how the cartels operate, isn't it? I mean, this is what we dealt with back in the day. This is what we dealt with with the big oil companies, the big utility companies. We're dealing with the big tech companies. Those are the big trusts of our generation. Teddy Roosevelt ran on bust the trusts. Yeah, people, even if you don't know Teddy Roosevelt, you've probably heard that saying before, bust the trust. It was to bust up the monopolies. That's what it was about. It was to stop, the, the Sherman Antitrust Act was to stop companies from taking over absolutely everything. They were taking over everything. The railway companies, the oil companies, the utility companies, they were getting involved in absolutely everything. They were getting involved in education. They were getting involved in property management. They were getting involved in banking. They were getting involved in entertainment, media, all of it. And so the government had to step in and say, damn it, that's enough. And they had to break up the companies. That's what has to happen now. I had made that argument eight, nine years ago, and people told me I was absolutely crazy. I was dictatorial. I was fascist. I was, I was communist, whatever. Uh, I, I was totalitarian because I wanted to seize those companies. I said, you better stop these companies and you better stop them right damn now because you're dealing with a situation now that we were in over 100 years ago where the government had to step in. They had to bust up those trusts. So the big techs are the big trusts, and, and they're a bunch. Of, they they become big crybabies. Is all they've become. You become a small company, and you start to build a product or a service that that challenges them at the top of the mountain. They get pissed off, and they have you shut down. WhatsApp was a fantastic idea. Was a great concept. What did Facebook do? They bought them because they can't compete with it. They just bought them out. 
Instagram, same thing. They just bought them out. Microsoft, what does Microsoft do in the entertainment business? They can't compete with something. They can't create. They can't develop anymore. They did for a long time, and it was great. They, they came up with some really good stuff. But now they can't do that. Now what are they doing? They're just buying up whole development companies. I'm not. Uh, OK, so I'm typically not for busting businesses up like that, using I the government. It. You know, yeah, I, I, I'm I get not it. either. But, yeah, I, I got it. Uh, it's not typically it's not the conservative stance. However, the, the problem is government and business were getting in bed together. That's the problem. That's where if we would have stopped that from happening, we wouldn't have to bust these companies up. Mentioning um, uh, 230, if that wasn't there, if they didn't have immunities, if there would have been some kind of teeth to to ensure that they're following the rules, maybe we wouldn't be in this situation. But unfortunately, there's no there's no teeth to that. There's no if they start becoming an editor, what 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 kind of teeth does the government have that they're going to? I mean, there, there's nothing in place to keep them in check. So you, you, at, at this point, you you have to bust them up and you have to get business and, and uh, government separated. We have to get back to that. The left and the right should be able to agree on that. The left says the, the, the billionaires are the problem and the right says the government's the problem. Well, they're the both. Both of them are the problem. Get together, work together, get rid of the big corporations that are trying to, and not necessarily get rid of them, just get the, the, the authority and the powers they have, take that away from them. That's the problem. They, they should be bound by the Constitution just the same as the government, in my opinion. You're correct. I agree with you. Speaking of woke capital, what is that created? Well, I hate to say woke capital, but that's kind of what the name is. It's been adopted. Speaking of woke corporations, do you know what that's a big cash cow of? BLM. It's a big cash cow, BLM. Well, BLM, they like to go around and they like to harass the outdoor diners. Yeah, you've all seen the clips of them going up to the ones on the sidewalks in New York, Philly, or uh, out there in... Um, uh, what's it called in Jersey, whatever, Chicago, they'll be walking down the streets and people are sitting there enjoying their meal outside because you can't sit inside because of COVID. So you got to sit outside. So you've got a BLM rally that comes walking down the street. And what do they do? They go over and they sit down at the table. They eat your food. They harass you. They drink your drinks, knock your stuff over, overturn the tables, run you out of the restaurant, smash the, the restaurant up. Well, they decided they were going to do that the other day to some outdoor diners, and a guy pulled a gun on. And of course, uh, that didn't go too well. And uh, of course, they were uh, they, they were a little little squeamish. They were a little upset because they had a gun pulled on them. The Kentucky Derby was the pa this past weekend, and uh, they they did this right after the Kentucky Derby in Louisville. If you can imagine, that's like the dumbest thing you could have done. So BLM protesters wanted to commemorate the Kentucky Derby, and in part by harassing outdoor diners in the name of Breonna Taylor. Uh, who died after her boyfriend opened fire on the police conducting a search warrant. I'm, I'm sorry, if you open fire on the police, what do you think they're going to do? Just stand there and take it? Through the, a door, even. Th through a door. What do you think yeah. they're going to do? I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to shoot through the door. <laughs> you know, uh, could you please not shoot back? That, that's not what they're trained to do. It, that, so, uh, that whole, the, how that went down was, yeah, it was bad. It was sad. But at the same yeah. time, the boyfriend opened fire. Without, I mean, law enforcement identified themselves like I don't. Eh. So the protesters, some of which were reportedly armed, began harassing outdoor or outdoor patrons of the La Chaise restaurant. That was when one of the patrons who was being harassed pulled out his gun to defend himself. Do you see what gun he had, by the way? It's like a small Derringer. Yeah, it's a, like, it's a little Derringer a little bitty, thing. Yeah, yeah. Little yeah. Tiny. It's like it's a, a little twenty-two revolver. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a little tiny pea shooter. It looks yeah. like it's got uh, like, what, maybe three rounds? You know, the drum's got maybe three mm -hmm. rounds. Mm -hmm. So from the looks of it, uh, the man who had, uh, looks like a Derringer. Yeah, it looks like a Derringer. Probably just shoots twenty-two rounds. 
even though it's a small caliber, it's apparently enough to begin de-escalating situation. Oh, well, I mean, it, it's enough. It's not. It's probably not going to kill you, but it's enough to get your attention. You know, it's it's enough to sting a little bit. <laughs> it's oh. probably going to do some damage. You you definitely could kill them with it. Um, you could if you the, do it in the right. You hit him in the right place. Yeah, yeah but it like yeah. it's. I mean, come on. Yeah. So I, it's I get like, what the it's guy like was poking doing. him with a pen. It, pretty much. Yeah, I, I get what the guy was doing, but okay, whatever. This is a great uh, advocacy for uh, concealed carry, by the way. Even though he's carrying like such a small firearm, that was enough to equalize and uh, you know de-escalate. Like that—that's what guns are. It's an equalizer. Well, what was interesting about this was one of the uh, one of the uh, BLM protesters who was actually open carrying because they have open carrying in Kentucky was open carrying a handgun was yelling at the other protesters to get away from the man with the gun. I mean, in my, my opinion, that's what what the guy what what the BLM protester have an airsoft gun. That's what I want to know. Is like why squirt like, gun? Maybe it was a real gun, but unloaded I mean, if you, or something. Maybe you know? I don't know, but I tell you what though, you look at some of these airsoft guns, man, they look real. They, yeah, they, they do. Look real. Yeah. All right, yeah, that's uh, that's that's what happened in uh, in Kentucky. All right, let's uh, let's spend the last time here talking about uh, talking about China. So, I, like I said, we all know that we have to get to the bottom of what happened on November third. Well, the EU, like I said, they broke off their trade deal this morning. That was a big trade deal, by the way. That was a big trade deal. Well, they broke off they broke off that trade deal with China, but they're not saying why. They broke off a, a financial tie and a financial deal two days ago ahead of a big trade deal. That's a big deal. That's a big deal for, for the Europeans. I wonder why. Huh. The Australians broke off economic ties and, uh, and diplomatic ties. Huh. I, I'm just betting there's a bigger thing going on here. Well, Anthony Blinken, who is our, secret, our illustrious Secretary of State under this stellar administration, has told Nora O'Donnell of CBS News on 60 Minutes on Sunday that the goal of the Biden administration was not to contain China, but to protect the rules-based order. In international relations. Well, isn't that just fantastic? Not to contain China. We're not going to contain someone who has vowed to destroy Western civilization. We're not going to contain that. We're not going to take any measures to protect ourselves and, and shore up our, our nation, our, our culture. We're not going to do anything to protect our institutions from infiltration. We're not going to do that. How about you well, start no, with that? China doesn't do that. Oh yeah, they yeah they they don't do that. You're not gonna you're not even gonna continue to ask the question. Whatever happened to Swalwell, Eric Swalwell? He's still on that committee, isn't he? The guy that was sleeping with the Chinese Communist Party operative. Yeah, the the spy. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh huh. Diane Feinstein is still up there. She's still in Congress. Her driver, her driver for twenty years was a Chinese Communist Party operative. She's still in Congress. She hasn't been questioned. Well, she has been questioned. They, they, they found no wrongdoing there. Right, right. Mitch McConnell, whose family has ties to the Chinese state banking system. That's OK. That, that's fine. The Biden family, who has deep ties to not just China and the Chinese Communist Party, but the Ukraine. Hunter Biden is still listed as being on board with a Chinese investment firm, isn't it? Yeah, I think he had he had something like a 10 percent holding or something like that. In, and in he's the still there. He's still there. He's still <laughs> you couldn't make it up. And but that's that's that could be Russian hacking, though. It is. I mean, that's that's. What oh, that yeah, yeah. 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 His addiction to um, cocaine was also just yeah, it was it was 
Russian misinformation. The fact that he was out there, like he smoked Parmesan at one point, uh -huh. thinking it was cocaine, was also yeah. just part of that. Yeah. yeah. Even though he actually said it on television, it was still part of a. Yeah. Right. Was that your laptop? I don't know. I, I could have been. <laughs> Sorry. Actually, to be fair, he may not actually remember that. He could have been stoned that's out of fair. his gourd at that point. Okay. Yeah, that, that's fair, because the shop owner did say that he was bombed out of his mind when he came in. So, okay, yeah. right, that's that's true. All right, that, that could be. But even so, even so, here is, uh, like, just to that point, and I, I want to get back to this blanket thing, but just to that point, here's Rudy Giuliani, who gets his door kicked in at 6 a.m. by these goons at the FBI. They kick his door in. And they go in there and they start confiscating all this stuff. They ask him, of course, when they're going through picking stuff up, they're asking what it is. They're asking him, hey, what are these what are these hard drives here? He says, oh, you probably want to take those. Those are the Hunter Biden laptop uh, hard drives. You, you might want to take those. No, we don't want those. But well, no, your warrant here. Rudy's a lawyer. He says your warrant right here that I'm reading. It says clearly you need to take all electronic possessions. And that includes those hard drives. You probably need to take those. Uh, but there are other copies out there that other investigators do have. But you need to take those. No, no, we can't take those. We're not allowed to take those. Now, wouldn't you? OK, according to, to Joe Biden, Rudy was a tool for Trump in Russia's collusion, right? According to what he said on the campaign trail, he said that. So you have Hunter Biden giving the interview about his laptop on national TV who says, I don't know, that could have been Russian hacking. OK, so fast forward to Rudy. Joe Biden says that Rudy is working with the Russians to collude with President Trump. Hunter Biden is on TV saying that his laptop could have been Russian hacking or disinformation. I'm trying to do this with a straight face. Don't you think if you serve up a search warrant for Rudy Giuliani to confiscate all electronic devices on his premises... And he says, these are the Hunter Biden laptops. You need to take these. If he's colluding with Russia and Hunter Biden is saying that it could have been Russian disinformation and Russian hacking, shouldn't you take those hard drives? That's Sounds common reason. sense. That is common sense. I mean, but when you when you have a FBI and uh, Secret Service and whatnot going an extra, the extra mile to try to cover up Hunter's um, excursions and, uh, you know, little retreats. He would. The thing is, is if they would go after him, he wouldn't make it in prison. He's a pedophile. He wouldn't make it in prison. It would not no. be a fun experience for him. No, he wouldn't. Of course, we all know that if he were to be put away, it would be some cushy club fed type thing. And he'd be, you know, he'd get weekend furloughs and all the rest of it. And he'd probably have his own his own private resort to, to stay in. Yeah. Yeah. While he's getting three course organic meals and, and counseling well, throughout the day. Yeah. We, yeah, but really, I mean, it, when your president's the father or your father, you you just acquitted. I mean, he would. Yeah, you know, just get a pardon. Get pardon. Sure. Yeah, sure. All right. So back to back to Secretary Blinken here. Uh, he said, speaking on China, he said, it is the one country in the world that has the military, economic, diplomatic capacity to undermine or challenge the rules based order that we we care so much about and are determined <laughs> to defend. Uh-huh. They're determined to defend that, Bruce. <laughs> They're determined to defend the U.S. and its interests. Can't you tell? Can't you hear mm. the sincerity of how mm. he's speaking about that? Yeah. He says, but I want to be very clear about something, very clear on something. And this is important. Our purpose is not to contain China, to hold it back or to keep it down. It is to uphold this rules-based order that China is posing a challenge to. Oh, anyone who poses a challenge to that order, we're going to stand up and defend it. Uh -huh. Rules-based order. Huh. Rules-based order. It, it, it almost sounds like rules that you've instituted that none of the rest of us can follow. 
Because I mean, like, for example, talking about uh, Ukraine and that kind of stuff, um, we have other politicians, not just uh, uh, Hunter going over there. We have other politicians' kids that go over to Ukraine uh, that get special favors, special jobs that none of us get access to. We, we can't have our kid go off to another country and work for a, uh, an oligarch and make millions of dollars or do billion dollar deals with China. I mean, so yeah, there are rules in place. So Nora O'Donnell asked him, she says, I know you say the goal is not to contain China, but have you ever seen China be so assertive or aggressive militarily? He says, no, we haven't. I think what we've witnessed over the last several years is China acting more repressively at home and more aggressively abroad. That is a fact. Uh, Hong Kong. Hello, Taiwan. The actions in the South China Sea. Oh, we're, we're just going to seize these uh, these waters and these islands because we say so. Not acting aggressively. You know, I, I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm I, I want to call out the hypocrisy and just talk about how wrong this guy is and how full of BS he actually is by sitting here talking this nonsense to somebody. Quite frankly, if you're listening to that and you believe this man, I don't know what to tell you. Here's a guy who is quite frankly, in my honest opinion, he's compromised. He does get one thing right, though. He's asked what China's goal is. He says, I think that over time, China believes that it can be and should be and will be the dominant country in the world. Yeah. That I believe and that I can go along with. That's what they say to themselves. Yeah, that's their goal. Mm -hmm. However, they focus on other things, China does, and they, they are very good at this. They focus on a strategy that I was made familiar to over the last week. Uh, and it's that that much is apparent. And it's what they call it's a strategy that the Chinese Communist Party call elite capture. It would fit perfectly with everything that we've been seeing over the last 12 months in the West. You don't go in and you don't buy up the parties. You just buy off the leadership and you move on. And that's all they've done. Their strategy has been in the aspects in the arena of elite capture. That's all they've done. They've grabbed the elites in key positions and they've grabbed a hold of everyone else and gotten them on board with that. See, how organized crime works is this. It's very simple. If you're an organized crime group and you want to get other people in, but you want to do it very quiet-like, you go in, you get the one person at the top of that organization, and then you get that person at that top of that organization compromised. Once you get that person compromised, then they do it to the whole network below them. For example, COVID, the hospitals. What were we talking about with the hospital admissions? Money, right? A lot of it. If you took a COVID test in a hospital, then there was a significant amount of money that they would get for administering that test. They would get an even higher amount of money for a positive test, and even more if they would admit that patient, and even more if they would put that patient on a ventilator, and even more if that patient would die on a ventilator, right? Yep. So when you start compromising in each one of those levels, there's a different person involved, right? Different supervisor, different head of department, all the way up through there. So when you get everybody involved in that, at the top of the chain, all the way down, Everyone's compromised, aren't they? So everyone well, yeah, goes I along mean, with it. In, in that scenario that you're proposing, all you would have to do is have the the admins, uh, uh, for example, shutting down all elective surgeries. Yeah. Barring that. The hospital's going to hurt now because that's where their income comes in. So you don't even have to have the administration compromised in the sense of they're, they're directly working with the CCP in some way uh, or any other organization. Just simply do little incentives like that. Like removing all of the, all other sources of income and then saying, here's a source of income for you. Well, they're going to do what they have to to stay afloat, right? And then you, it's a slippery slope. Then you may have a doctor that has, eh, you know, a little questionable morals, a little questionable, you know, 
uh, maybe we don't give them hydroxychloroquine. Maybe we don't give them any kind of treatment and whatnot and just put them on a, a ventilator and let them die. I mean, yeah, they lived a, they lived a long life and everything. It'll, it'll pad there. We're going to die anyway in a few years. It, it just, it, it, it'll make us some money. You know, we'll, we'll keep, keep afloat. It's not a far stretch. No, and it's very easy for them to do. And it's easy for them to compromise even low-level people uh, and get them involved in the fraud. That's what they do. They'll compromise people, and then you're subservient to them. That's how organized crime works, all the way around. Whether it's on the street, or it's in government, or, or in the highest levels of, of a cult, that's what it is. They'll compromise people. You know, Governor Cuomo, speaking of statistics and someone with questionable practices, here's a guy who's telling you to go out and get vaccinated and don't kill grandma from a guy that killed 20,000 grandmas. That's a compromised individual right there, I would argue. They probably put him... Cuomo's not intelligent enough, with all due respect to his position, he's not intelligent enough to figure out how to kill all of those people like that as methodically as it happened. He is, however, smart enough or stupid enough, whichever way you want to look at it, to sign all those orders not knowing and go along with it. So I think in that respect, they compromised him, but he was taking orders from someone else, and I want to know who. Fauci. That would be my guess. And Fauci's taking orders from someone else, and I want to know who, and I can probably pretty pretty well guess who that is. But that's another podcast, I think. But nonetheless, so we're talking about, uh, anyway, circling back to China, elite capture, very important term to come to grips with, elite capture. It's one of their strategies. So they'll do that in every aspect. They'll do it in, in politics. They'll do it in academia. They'll do it in media. They'll do it in banking, all the rest of it. Corporations, you name it. They'll do it. And they'll get somebody at the top. They don't have to worry about getting the mid-level person or the low-level person. That's easy enough if you need to go in and plant someone and get some influence turned around in a specific area that's not cooperating. That's easy enough to do. Or you need to compromise some low-level person. You need to find a way in. Yeah, that's easy. I mean, low-level person, you're like I said earlier, for the Western culture, people are more concerned about keeping their job and and staying, you know, keeping the status quo, right? Keeping their lives intact. And every, if you have a good, well-paying government job, and they come in and, and tell you to do something that on its surface doesn't look bad. I mean, you, you may not know the, the details of what it is. You're just following orders. You're doing as you're told. So, yeah, OK. So, like I said, China has suspended economic dialogue with Australia. And they've also backtracked or the European Union has also backtracked on a massive trade deal with China. So both of those things have been shut down in the last 24 to 48 hours. Very interesting. Now, you might ask Secretary Blinken, he's talking about, no, we don't want to contain China. No, we don't want to do anything like that. Again, elite capture. Honeywell, the government contractor, the U.S. government contractor, Honeywell, they admit that, well, they've been sending F-35 and F-22 part drawings to China. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, that, that's that's fine. So let me get this straight. You're aiding and abetting a foreign adversary in a way that can compromise or threaten Western nations and their allies. That's really intelligent. Um, it's okay as long as we had a pol uh, political leader's child involved and they were making some money. Of course, uh -huh. in that case, it's a, it's an okay deal. You know, kind of like the deal that um, the Bidens did with uh, their firm. What was it? Um, Burisma. Not Burisma. That was the that was Ukrainian. Oh, that was a one. Ukrainian cast. Um, yeah, yeah. God, what was it called? Anyway, they 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 created a firm that purchased a company that produces the. Stealth tech, the, the the a part of oh, stealth submarines. tech, which is the vibration yeah, yeah. vibration, uh, the, and they sold that to China. Like that, yeah, that was a billion dollar deal. Oh, the Clintons with the uh, with the nuclear deal. Yeah, the uranium. Yeah, yeah. uranium one. Hell, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Mueller or Mueller was the bag man. For God's yeah. sake, he was the yeah. bag man. Robert Mueller, you know the guy that did the Russian investigation on Trump. He was the bag man under the Clintons. 
Oh. And Comey was their tax man. <laughs> he couldn't make it up. They all work together because they all have dirt on each other. That's you know? it. They're, they're, they That's they it. know each other's, but not only that, but they know, also know that those people don't have a conscience. They're okay with yeah. screwing people over and, and risking the entire country for a few pennies. Honeywell. Now listen to, listen to this, right? Now they got caught. They admitted this. And they, well, they got caught and they admitted it. Yeah, yeah, we did that. Sorry. Yeah, we're, we're awful. Sorry about that. They have agreed to pay $13 million in fines and compliance costs. Yeah, yeah, $13 million. I mean, that's a, that's a significant amount. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of money. For, for selling out our, our vital military technology to a to China. That's yeah, thirteen that's million is all they got hit with. Treason level stuff. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> tell me, treason about it. is the only one in the Constitution that has a a um, punishment. It's execution. That that's it. Yeah, that 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 is what you do for treason. And this is treason. <laughs> Company officials sent multiple engineering and technical documents to China with details of multiple aircraft, including Lockheed Martin's F-35 and F-22 over a seven-year period. The U.S. State Department, who, by the way, Blinken is the head of, said on May 3rd. Who, uh, who was in power at that point in the U.S. seven years ago? Uh, that would have been uh, our Lord and Savior, uh, Barack Obama. Yeah. And who was vice president at that time? Uh, that would be the, uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. So uh, no, no problem there or anything, right? Nothing, nothing, nothing wrong there. No, no. Sorry, I'm just, uh, I'm a little, I'm a little burned up. But after reading that, anyway, would you believe it? We're out of time. Where does it go? Maybe this is a conversation we should have had today, tomorrow, <laughs> on the exclusive, because the words that I have that I'm not saying right now are things that we would normally say on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right. For those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram channel, get signed up to us over there so you can get access to our exclusive podcast that we'll be putting out tomorrow with no censors that uh, we like to cut loose on. Maybe I will get into some of this tomorrow, depending on who we have on. Maybe it'll just be the two of us. I don't know. But yeah, get signed up to us over there. Uh, you can download the Telegram app for as long as it is available in many different ways. On the Apple Store, the Google Play Store would be the most sensible options at the moment. And search for us when you get signed up to Telegram. Search for Dynamic Independence. We are a public channel. We will pop right up when you search for us. Just click join. You'll be subscribed to us there and you'll get access to all of our content. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips.dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow but we do need your help to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, that would be fantastic as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today. So thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. We will see all of you who are subscribed to us on Telegram on the exclusive tomorrow. For those of you who are not, make sure you get signed up to us so you get that extra content. If not, then we will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend.